Hey guys, it's Nathan. This is episode number 81 of The Nathan Seawood Show. The Nathan Seawood Show, inspiring you to live an extraordinary life. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Hope you had a great week. I have just come off an awesome interview with Adam Quiney talking about our trip to Peru. Go and check that out if you uh, have a minute. And yeah, we just really dived into some of our fears around creating a trip like that and just kind of trying to model for those people that are joining us some of the challenges we're going through, some of the fears that are coming up for us. So if you want to hear a little bit more about that trip or you want to go and learn more about it or just see the process that Adam and I are going through to create an adventure like that, go and check out my Facebook, the video that I recorded earlier today. Uh, I also just uh, spent the last week uh, working on a brand new product that I'm super excited to share with you guys. This has kind of been my life's work really coming up with this particular product because my mission is really to bring as many people as possible into impactful business. I think if we can bring more people into doing what they love and creating businesses that actually help the world, that's one way can, we can really bring about fast change. And so if I look at all the people I've worked with over the last five years, one of the common things that gets in the way is transitioning from a corporate career that pays a lot of money, starting the business with all the uncertainty, and then figuring out ways to grow it. So if you're the type of person that's kind of been stuck in like a soul-sucking career for the last wee while, and you know that you're meant for something more, and you're not quite sure how to do it, well, listen to this. This is the... Uh, the offer I have for you. So imagine in three years' time, if we were speaking again and you had created a really impactful business that actually made the kind of difference that you want to make in the world, that was earning six figures, $150,000, $300,000, similar to what you were earning in your profession. And you were doing that with clarity and it felt really good and really aligned. Like I said, this is really important to me because. I went through this whole process. I went through all the fear and the unknown of, you know, being in an amazing career, but knowing that, you know, I'd kind of run its course. I was sort of done with it. And then having to figure out how to start a business with all the fear that comes up just to leave the career and then all the fear that comes up with how to grow a business. And so I'm particularly passionate about helping people do this because I know how hard it is that even when you really want to make a difference, how hard it is to make that transition. So if this resonates with you, get in touch with me, drop me a message and we can jump on a call and try and come up with a strategy first to get a really solid exit plan for you to figure out how you can actually exit out of your career. And secondly, how you can get some real certainty around your business plan and growing your business. So if any of that resonates, if you're uh, kind of feel like you're in that boat, you're sick of your soul sucking career and you want to start a business, drop me a message and we can dive in and figure out how to get you out of that shit, man. Start making a difference. Finally, uh, you know, last couple of weeks, you guys have been leaving all these awesome reviews on Apple Podcasts, and I promise you that I would pick one review to give this amazing book, The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. Joe Hodson left this beautiful review that I want to share with you guys. She said, this was a show with soul. Ah, oh, Joe. I don't listen to many podcasts, so it takes a lot to catch my attention. I love how Nate dives deep with a willingness to be vulnerable, and in doing so, invites his guests into that space to play. Heart, soul, yet lots of tips of useful wisdom to help navigate this thing called life, both from the head and the heart. Joe, that's so sweet. I, you know, hearing these from you guys, I know it's a little bit weird to like read <laughs> praise about myself, but it really warms my heart and sort of reminds me of why I'm doing this. So, Joe, I'm going to send this book to you. I hope you love it. A daily meditation on stoicism just to get you going in the morning, which I read every day. And guys, if you leave uh, a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts, I'll select one of those in the next couple of weeks and send you 
a copy of the next book. I haven't chosen that book yet and I don't have one in front of me, but next week I'll have a book for you and, and let you know what you guys can grab. Cool. On with the show. My guest today is Samantha Loder, who I'm super excited to introduce. Welcome, Sam. Hey. Nice to have you here. Let me uh, talk about you for a minute. You specialize in lifestyle alchemy, naturopathic wellness, and life purpose business coaching using the principles of alchemy, quantum physics, positive psychology, NLP, sociology, and philosophy. You help empower people thrive in their lives by reclaiming their health, happiness, and freedom. That's it. Cool. uh, Welcome. (laughs) Thanks. It's such a pleasure to be here. I know we've been meaning to chat for quite a while. And so we finally synced up. We did it. I know. I know. It's amazing like to be human and have like lots of stuff coming up in both of our lives. And we still managed to get here. I know. I'm I'm super excited to talk to you because I feel like this is going to be can I say woo-woo? I feel like this is going to be a little bit woo-woo. It's woo-woo grounded in very tangible, pragmatic. I'm a very masculine, feminine, balanced woman. And so I feel like, yeah, we're going to take some etheric you know, concepts and bring it into the real life so that we can oh. actually apply it and benefit from it in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I need some of that. <laughs> I feel like I've been working my ass off the last couple of weeks, very mm. practical, logical, doing the work, which is important, right? It's mm-hmm. not just about you know, meditating all day, but I think I've gone too far the other way. So I'm excited just to hang out with you and just kind mm. of like absorb a little bit of, uh, you know, some of the bigger picture just to kind of get me back on that. Cool. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. Okay. So tell me about you before we kind of dive into the specifics. Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey. What brought you to this place? What were some of the turning points, some of the highlights on this mm. journey? Yeah. Thanks for asking. I feel like I was put on this earth as this really vibrant, outgoing, loud, happy, excited, ecstatic child. And I was born into a family where my parents were sick, stressed, diseased, depressed, in poverty mindset and scarcity mindset. And I realized as I looked around me, wow, a lot of people are really unwell. Like people are struggling with mental health issues. People are struggling with cancer and diabetes and depression. And, and I didn't understand it as a kid. I was like, why, why are they not happy? Like, why is everyone so lethargic and, and just unwell? And I remember being six years old and I made a promise to myself. I said, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to be an encyclopedia of health and happiness. I am going to be a lighthouse. I'm going to just help people feel better. And so I was like, it's going to be simple. I just have to understand why people aren't happy. And I remember that at six years old, I decided that it was my mission. And so I went through and I studied psychology and sociology. I I almost became a doctor until I learned, you know, all of the corruption in that industry and then went on to study Eastern medicine and spirituality and metaphysics and naturopathy. And while I was accumulating all of this knowledge and information, I actually went through my own health crisis. You know, I went through severe chronic illness where every single system in my body started to shut down, started with me losing my menstrual cycle when I was 18 and not really knowing why, and then becoming hypothyroid and then having digestive issues and then brain fog and then depression and and just systemically every single system started to shut down. And about four and a half years ago, I actually almost died. And I was really sick. And I remember this really crazy, super woo-woo experience where before I didn't believe in any of this. I didn't believe in the spirituality. I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in angels. I didn't believe in any of that. And I remember I remember thinking I was dying. I was laying in my bed in the most amount of pain I've ever felt. It felt like lightning and electricity was radiating through my body. 
And I remember Googling, like, what do I do if I'm dying? I didn't know. Like, do I call my family? What if I freak them out? Do I call an ambulance? Like, am I, am I just panicking? And so Straight I'm there. Web MD. You know, I'm like, Google, help me. I'm dying. <laughs> and I remember calling my best friend and saying, like, Steph, I, th- I think I'm dying. And, you know, I was going through chronic health issues for a long time. And I called the ambulance and I was waiting for the ambulance. And I remember just like laying in my bed crying. And, and then I heard this, this voice. And, you know, people talk about this, which sounds crazy. And, and yet it happened to me. So I hear this voice and this voice is kind of like my own outside of me and inside of me at the same time. And it says like, Sam, you wanted this, you created this. And I, and I, it hit me like, wow. Yeah, I did. Life kind of sucked. I was struggling. I was living on my own. I was working a job I hated. I was punishing my body. I was struggling with guilt and shame and blame and resentment for all of the feelings of victimhood that I was experiencing. And I remember being faced with this choice, like Sam, red pill, blue pill, you, you can die right now. Like that's what's happening. You've shut your body wow. down and, and I'm giving you what you asked for, or you can choose to live. And I remember panicking being like, oh my God, you know, I'm 25 years old. I have so much passion, so much desire, and so much left I have to do. I can't die. And I remember pleading with this voice, just being like, please, I promise I'm going to, I'm going to live right and, and change the way I'm living and have appreciation and gratitude and actually do the work that I came to this planet to do. And so, you know, went to the hospital and I ended up getting all the tests and whatever, and I ended up being okay and making it through. And then that moment was a turning point for me when my health started to change drastically. I started to heal. Every single system started to come on board again. And I realized that, yeah, I had a massive mission here and that I did come here to help others that were going through what I was going through. Great story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I want to go back to right at the start there where you just said that that feeling, because I felt something similar as a child where I just kind of said often that I knew I was here for a reason. And I think it was mm-hmm. the same thing. I, you, you articulated it very beautifully, but just kind of looking around and going, wow, there's so much pain in the world or there seems to be so much struggle. Like I want to be someone that helps this problem. But I think yeah. it was a feeling. I, I can articulate it now at 35 years old. But as a kid, yeah. it was just like an overwhelming feeling of wanting to help or a desire to want to make people feel better. Is that kind mm-hmm. of a similar sort of thing? Absolutely. It felt like I knew the answers. I could look at my my parents and look at my neighbors and see and just be like, it's so clear. You're just so angry. Mm. You're doing all the wrong things. You're you're abusing your body with these toxic foods and alcohol and resentment and anger and screaming and all of these things. And and I remember just feeling like I was screaming at the top of my lungs with nothing coming out and no one listening. Mm. And and I remember that frustration and, and just growing up with this frustration being like, I have to do something about this. It's like being in business. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> that journey, like when you were, got really sick, you ended up in the hospital, like what were you feeling going into that before you mm. kind of had the realization of what was going on? Just so much overwhelm, just feeling like my body was in so much pain. My mind was just like, it, it was just anxiety and depression and going through like, how do I, I, I just felt imprisoned. I felt like it was all a prison. Like I was on this hamster wheel of going to work, hating my job, hating my life, wanting to lose weight, wanting to look better, wanting to have this, wanting to have, nothing was really working out. And it was just so much pressure. And I felt like no matter what I did, I was always in trouble. I was always too much or not enough or doing something wrong and not conforming and not making my family happy. And it was just like, I just needed it all to stop. And, and that's when everything really stopped. Wow. And I think that's a common story. Like, do you believe that, I can't, I think it might've been Oprah who would say, Let's, everybody gets this. Oprah's quoted of everything, right? Doesn't matter who said it. We just call it Oprah. Uh, she said something like, "The body always wins." Yeah. 
you know. So do you feel that? I mean, I I feel it looking around that a lot of physical things are just manifestations of everything you're talking about. Absolutely. I truly believe that almost all physical manifestations of dis-ease stem from the root cause of some kind of trauma, which is normally emotional and psychological, also ancestral, which passes down. And yeah, I, you know, I've worked with over thousands of people now. I've been in this, in this work for 11 years and every single person I have worked with, there is a root issue, which is emotional, which once we heal the energetics around the emotional trauma and change the story, the body heals. Mm -hmm. And I didn't believe this. I didn't believe in metaphysics. Okay. Like your ear hurts because of this thing or your kidneys, you know, fear. I was like, okay, that doesn't make sense. I'm scientific. Right. And I studied to be a doctor and then had the veil ripped off and was like, wow, there is now science to prove what, what the metaphysicians have been speaking of for hundreds of years. Did the, the biology or did your training as a doctor help in the end? Did it help to have both things or did you end up kind no. of throwing it all out? No, not really. I mean, I quit med school. I, went, I, I graduated psychology, sociology, and went into med school for a year. And then I realized, I was like, eh. They, they understand anatomy and physiology and pathology of disease fairly well, like looking at it under a microscope, and yet they're not taking into account psychology, oftentimes, or nutrition, or any natural remedies. And so I realized that it was just this completely corrupted, falsified study that doesn't really help anybody, but put a bandaid on the situation. And that's not what I'm here for. And so I love understanding the the physiology of the body. And yet that's just such a very narrow perspective when it comes to the holistic perspective of what's actually going on. Mm. Uh, guys, if you're watching and you want to comment or you want to ask Sam anything, feel free to chime in at any time. I just see this comment from Holly. And I think a lot of people resonate with what we were saying, Sam, about you know having this enthusiasm and passion and real genius and joy and so many gifts as a child, but then being overwhelmed and squashed by all the negative energy around us. Absolutely. And, and so in my practice of alchemy and, and really reclaiming your freedom, it's understanding that we've all been socialized and really, yeah, pressure, just as Holly said, like to be squashed into these little boxes and these little molds that we don't really fit into. And so we're kind of contorted into these molds. And now we're realizing that, wow, actually we're way bigger than this. And we're different. And we have something to say. And we have something that we stand for. And we see a future that is different than the, than the path that's been laid out for us. And that's really beautiful because that's where we're stepping into this empowerment. And we're reclaiming who we are and what we came here for. And this is where things change. I see. I feel better already, Sam. Like, yeah. Injection already. <laughs> it's not too woo-woo, right? We're taking no, it. It's we're, not like, too woo-woo. we're bridging. Yeah, bring it from the cloud to the street, baby. That's what we're That's trying to right. do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was feeling just as you were talking that you know this this whole idea and what Holly said, like being put into a box, you know. And one of the things, like in, in my journey of kind of reversing that or unpacking that, is realizing that everything lives in the gray. You don't have to put yourself mm-hmm. in a box. And that whole concept of you're under no obligation to be today who you were yesterday. Mm, mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, there's so much pressure, like from everybody around us to go, well, what are you? Who are you? What are you doing? What do you stand mm-hmm. for? And it's like, yeah. you know, I we, guess we, we fall into that trap. People, we get so addicted to our identity, mm. right? Like, this is who I am. 
And then anytime you want to be something else, it's like, oh, but but this doesn't fit into the mold that I've created for myself yeah. of like who I am. And yet now we're starting to realize that, wow, who we are is totally flexible and malleable and it's always changing and evolving. And it's okay to feel one way one day and then something different the next. And it's okay to totally reinvent yourself completely. Like, like the, that's the principle of alchemy. There are actually three steps and I'll just go into it real quick. Uh, the practice of alchemy, three simple steps is one, being an observer. So observation, being aware of the way that you're thinking and the way that you're identifying and the way that you're conceptualizing your reality. And then, well, can and you yourself. just define alchemy before you dive into that? Sure. So alchemy is one of the original practices in medicine and in spirituality. It's, it's a deep philosophy. It's a chemistry. And the practice of alchemy on a surface level is taking dense metal and melting it down and transforming it into gold. Right, mm. that's the practice of alchemy. Now that's a metaphor. Right, yeah. And so or taking dense reality and transforming it into gold. So if we apply that to our lives, to our bodies, to our health, to our relationship, it's taking something that's dense, taking something that, you know, it, it is what it is on this like superficial level and melting it down, deconstructing it so that we can reconstruct it so that it it's gold. And what does gold mean? Oh, it's amazing, it's beautiful, it's vital, it's free, it's fulfilling. Mm. And so the practice of lifestyle alchemy is really taking a good look at yourself and observing the current state of your reality, of your health, of your relationships, of your work, deconstructing it, letting it fall away if it's not serving you, especially those old limiting beliefs and the old constructs and the negative patterns and all of that, and then choosing something different. So reconstruction, reconstructing, re-engineering, and rewriting your reality. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it's so um, fun. Cool. So what was the three steps? So that's it. Observation, oh, deconstruction, reconstruction. Simple. Ah, cool. You can apply and that to anything. I think I'm going to regret this, but do you want to practice on me? Is there something like a practical thing I can do Ooh, around yes. this? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So the first thing is it's important to think of what you want. What is something that you, or even for yourself, like, do you have any limiting beliefs? Any old oh, no. stories? Okay. None. Perfect. None. You're great. No. So. So if you, have you ever had a negative belief or a limiting belief, like you're not good enough or yeah, it's Yeah, I've been or... going for it a lot because I've launched this new program. And so every time I launch a new program, a lot of imposter syndrome. Can I deliver what I'm promising? Mm. Am I good enough? Who am I? Mm, it all kind okay. of comes up. Perfect. So those are really common ones, right? Like, who am I to do this? I'm not good enough. I don't have enough experience. No one's going to listen to me. And okay, so that's, you're observing these thoughts, right? So now you're observing these thoughts and they're actually programs that are like going and, and running its course through your body because we're kind of like a computer system. Mm -hmm. So without judgment or attaching a story, just being an observation, oh, interesting, I have this thought, this program saying that I'm not good enough. Where does that come from? Okay, so now this is a deconstruction, understanding where that comes from. Oh, right. When I was five years old, my elementary school teacher said that I actually wasn't smart enough to accomplish this. Or my dad said that I wasn't good enough to do that. Or some, my one girlfriend told me I'd never be successful. Wow. Or just my society with all the competition said. So deconstructing that, that belief, wishing it away. So thank you. Thank you for being here, belief. And I no longer choose you. So allowing it to leave you with compassion and gratitude for it, teaching you something and then choosing something new. So this is where you decide, okay, for me to have my goal that I want for this new program launch or whatever it is, I want to feel and I need to feel that I am worthy, that I am good enough, that I have something to say. And so this is where we bring in some neuro-linguistic reprogramming where we think about 
the reality that we wish. And we use affirmations and we use visualization to reprogram that into our subconscious and our conscious mind so that it can reflect in our, in our physical body and manifest in our reality through, this is where it gets a little woo woo, but through vibration and frequency. Because if you believe something, it normally will manifest, whether it's a positive belief or a negative belief. So it's really about, yeah, being aware, breaking down those limiting beliefs, and then rewriting the script with some positive affirmations and positive visualization. Mm. That makes sense? Awesome. I, oh, it's 100%. When you said like, then you wish that belief away, I noticed I was like, oh, I don't want it to go away. And I noticed it was like a protection. Mm. It's like it's trying to protect me from, like as long as I kind of feel like an imposter, then it's trying to stop me from taking too many risks or like stop yeah. putting myself too far out there. And, and you know, that's the thing like where people say that the ego is bad or that it's trying to limit or like fear and guilt and blame and shame are these negative emotions. They're actually really important because they're showing you something, right? They're trying to keep you safe. They're trying to make sure that you don't go too far the other way or they're, they're protecting you in some way. So it's really important to have gratitude for those those programs being like, wow, thank you for showing me that I actually care. Thank you for trying to keep me safe. Thank you for keeping me balanced. And I no longer live in accordance to these beliefs. Mm -hmm. So while I have an appreciation, they're not the ones running the show anymore. Now I'm going to choose new, more effective, more empowering beliefs that I can allow to run the show. Because it's easy to hate them. Oh yeah. But when you hate them, you hate a part of yourself, right? Right. I, oh, I, I hate this fact that I don't feel enough. And I hate the fact that I shame my body. Now you're hating the hate, which is still you. So it's like this meta level hate and it's still shame. And so the only way to transmute, which is again, a principle of alchemy, the, the practice of transmutation is to have deep forgiveness, deep compassion, and deep self-acceptance, even for the limiting beliefs, even for the old stories, even for the negative patterns, all of that, that's a part of you. And the only way to transform it is to heal the relationship you have with it through deep compassion and acceptance. So give me the, the, the three things, the three steps of the alchemy. So observation. Yeah. Without so judgment. No, notice the thought without judgment. Yeah. Deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Figure out where it came from, dive in, yeah. trying to mm-hmm. figure out why. Yeah, kind of like pull it you. apart, dissociate it with it so that you can now look at it and let it deconstruct. Yeah. And then the reconstruction process. Right. Come up with a new belief, affirmations, stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Holly's mind and soul is blown wide open. I love Holly. <laughs> Holly, Holly, you're my girl. You. Yeah. <laughs> Holly loves you. So there's a lot of love. Mm. Uh, and Naomi as well, like really beautiful comments. Oh, good. Moves on to another topic around self-love and compassion and caring for yourself. Uh, so again, this is something I struggle with. Not a struggle. This is something that I would love to do better. This is something like mm. I feel like I have a level of it, but I think I'm like just tapping the surface of it. Mm. So can you bring that down to the street for us? Like how do we get real about being more compassionate with ourselves? Yeah. First, I just really want to acknowledge you for even just sharing what you shared because it's not easy to admit that, to say like, yeah, you know, it's not the easiest for me to love and accept myself. And so we're observing this. We'll practice an alchemy and let's deconstruct that. You are a man that is raised in a patriarchal society where it is not okay for men to have feelings or to really feel their emotions or to feel anything but strong, right? And so a part of most men has been rejected, which is the feminine, which is the emotion and the compassion and the softness and the surrender and the love. And so 
as men, we're, you're taught to protect women oftentimes. So it's okay for you to feel those things for women because that's socially acceptable, but to feel it for yourself, not really acceptable. Because so one, you're a man. Because exactly. Man. Yeah. Because you're a man. So one, it's not really taught or socialized for it to be okay. And two, it's not really practiced. And when were we taught to have compassion and forgiveness and acceptance for ourselves? Right? Like I wasn't taught that in school. You probably yeah. weren't taught that in school. And so we are now rewiring ourselves and teaching ourselves how to do this. So really simply, again, it, the first thing is just to meta level, have compassion for the lack of compassion to just say like, wow, okay. Yeah. You know, I haven't always loved myself and I haven't always been that soft with myself and wow, I tend to beat myself up. That's interesting. Okay. I can accept that. And I can forgive myself for not always being so loving to myself. Uh, so good. So have compassion for the lack of compassion. <laughs> exactly. Like that's that meta level, right? So have compassion yeah. for the lack of compassion. And then don't hate, have, don't hate this part of you that can't be. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Except, yeah, there's a part of me that is hard on myself. There is a part of me that likes to beat myself up. And I accept yeah, that. The part, the part that I resonated with that and that I noticed is as a man, I don't want to be weak. And mm -hmm. so weak feels to me like uh, it's not necessarily about not sharing emotion, although that, that can be tough for me. It's more about being self-sufficient. Mm. So if ever I can't do something on my own or figure it out on my own, or if something's not working, you know, the way I want it to work, it's like, yeah, I'm such a weak man. Let me break it to you. Okay. And that's like deep patriarchal programming. Right. And you're a human more than a man, right? You are human. We're all human and we need each other. We are social beings. There is very little that we're meant to do fully on our own, right? Like even just drinking a glass of water, like the simple act of drinking a glass of water. It took a plumber. It took a builder of my house. It took a well. It took a, it took everything. Like you can't even go to the bathroom without using toilet paper that somebody else created for you. Like they're, we're so intricately connected to each other that, oh, good for you. That fact that we have to do it on our own. We have to solve it on our own. We have to get through it on our own. Let's just throw that out. We get to give each other the pleasure of supporting one another and being supported by each other. So just that in, it, in itself, like it's okay for me to need someone else. Yeah, it's where my mind went there is that, is that beginner's mindset. You know, again, it's, it's kind of admitting that it's like being okay with being a learner, being okay with not knowing the answer, being okay with mm -hmm. um, being the student again. Yeah. You know, so the, the part of me that doesn't want to be weak wants to have the answers, even though I'm, there's no reason why I should have the answers to certain mm -hmm. things. And yeah. So resists being the student or resists because that feels weak. That's but, it. And that, that other story that like having these feelings is weak, right? Or, or feeling sad or, or isolated or disconnected or like, I don't know the answer or like I'm going through something challenging. Oh, that's weak. Again, yeah. this is like this patriarchal, programming where feelings which are deeply feminine is weak and mm. so it's actually like a misogynistic programming that we all have not just men right we all have this and so it's actually seeing wow being vulnerable and sharing my feelings that is so brave that is so courageous and that is so strong mm. wow that feminine side of me is so powerful right and so a man sharing his emotions when he's going through a hard time like that is the bravest thing i've ever seen and so like really again, like rewiring the way that we think 
about yeah. those kind of things gives us a deeper level of permission to feel them so that we can have more compassion what's going on and we can integrate that part of ourselves so that we're not rejecting that part of ourselves. And that's where we come into wholeness. And that's where the healing truly happens in ourselves and in our communities and with our children and in the world. So it's amazing when we do this work, how it reverberates outwards and that ripple of impact and effect that it can have. Is it possible you could just move into the room next door and just <laughs> come out periodically and just help me with this? Sure, <laughs> what, yeah. How much does that cost? Well, <laughs> mm, <but laughs> probably Naomi and I. <laughs> so who gets to buy you for this? <laughs> I've actually had I've actually had clients fly me out and stay with them for two weeks, which is really fun. We can we can go really deep into that. So maybe we can we can maybe uh, see what that's <laughs> what that's like. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is a uh, funny way of saying this is really inspiring and really beautiful. Mm. Thank you for sharing all this. You're welcome. And one tool I do want to give, um, there's a book that I read many years ago because I was not good at this. Like I was very masculine. I was a misogynist. I thought it was weak to be a woman. I really rejected being a woman. I was super masculine, super tomboy, all the things. And I remember people being like, wow, Sam, you're so hard on yourself. You have to have more compassion. And I was like, what is compassion? <laughs> How do I feel that for myself? You like know, it's like, first response. Yeah. yeah, like, oh, you need to be soft on yourself. I was like, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know what that means. It's also so, not like a, it's not a thing that you just go and do. It's not like, oh, yeah. here, just watch this YouTube video and have <laughs> compassion. It's like it kind of yeah. takes something. Yeah. So, so you know, two of my my mentors and two of the books that I really love. The first one is Louise Hay. You can heal your life. Oh yeah. Just Louise Hay is my girl. And then the second one uh, is called Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff. And it it really walks you through how to be compassionate. Like when something's challenging, how to just like hold yourself and just say like, hey, I want to love you even if I don't know how. And I forgive you and I accept you. And so using using tools like like tapping, maybe going through self-acceptance or a meditation or just holding yourself and allowing yourself to cry and, and being there present with your body and even like stroking your arm and all these soft kind of, practices that you can do, it starts to reintegrate yourself with that part of yourself that is is wounded and that needs your love and your attention. And so there are wonderful resources like Louise Hay's book and Kristen's next book that I definitely recommend if that's something that you're wanting to improve upon. Yeah, great. I'll make sure that's in the show notes. Thank you. Cool. So yeah, that, that, the crying thing is interesting. So like real talk, you're like, you're crazy. Um, I've said this before, so this is not that, that vulnerable, but I noticed as I became a coach and the more and more I've become a leader, a leader to my people, I found it much harder to do this because I feel like it's that whole weakness thing. It's, it's the same thing. Right. And now when I was kind of just me with no responsibility or no one sort of looking at me, Mm. it was almost a little bit easier to kind of show some weakness or show some strength. But now I found like it's actually got harder the more I've gone into personal development and become more of a leader. It's harder. It feels like there's more at stake to be vulnerable and like share that way. Yeah. Well, you have a, you have a belief that emotions are weak because you keep saying it. And, and I know that that's your one of programs. So I'd love to invite you to rewire that within yourself where emotions are strong. Showing my emotions is strength. Vulnerability is strength. And I, I, I totally get it. I was the same way. And, you know, I remember... I just wanted to put in, the, it's the crying thing that you triggered. Like, it's the... Yeah. I found it harder to cry lately more than ever. Mm. Yeah. And what would it look like to give yourself that permission? You know, what would it look like to just allow yourself to feel your feelings and to be vulnerable? And, and 
you know, I'll give you a little story. Last, maybe last year, I did a video, a Facebook live sharing just the way I was feeling that I had maybe two years ago now that I, there was a part of me that had deep self-hatred and resentment for some of the things I've done. And I wasn't able to fully love myself. And I remember going online and not thinking I was going to cry, but I ended up bursting into tears on a Facebook live video and it got shared and viewed over 10,000 times. And my business, I didn't mean this to happen, but my business blew up and I was booked for the entire last two years. And I still am. And I feel like the more I show up authentically and raw and in my vulnerability, which is truly my strength, I allow and I give other people permission to feel their feelings, which is a deeply human connection that we can have when we have that resonance with each other. And I feel like that's true leadership, really being able to be vulnerable and honest with how you feel. Mm. So I, I invite you to just let that kind of like permeate and sink in. <laughs> yeah, I will. We'll just avoid it completely by looking at this comment. Mm. I'm just kidding. Um, no, so this is great. Yeah. Thomas said, yeah, if I show emotion and others see I'm weak or low in confidence, then they'll back away. Mm. And it's funny because his profile picture is the American flag. And, and I'm just gonna say there is a correlation there, right? Like there is a correlation between the two. And, you know, if you cry and people back away, or if you show your emotions and people back away, then maybe they're just not the kind of people that you want around you. Because some people can't handle it. They can't handle your emotions because they can't handle theirs. And that's a true reflection. And yes, you may trigger people. And there's a difference between showing your emotions and then being like dependent on other people or being, I was going to say like, needy or there's so many different nuances to showing emotion and yet it's really interesting to reflect well who are the people that I'm surrounding myself with that if I am showing how I truly feel that they are not supportive and they're leaving my life maybe they're meant to leave your life and maybe you're meant to call in people that can handle you in the wholeness of who you are and that will actually support you with what you're going through damn called out called out dropping the bombs Okay, I'm sorry about this. I've really started something here. So totally would love to share Samantha. <laughs> She's totally, totally in love, yeah. has a girl crush, resonating deeply with the feminine. Let's come back to the feminine part as well, or the uh, this version for women. And uh, my brother also says, yes, let's all move in together. So I'm really sorry that I started this, Samantha. <laughs> well, you know, I have a lot of friends in New York. I'm going to be there, actually. My friend's launching a really cool project in a few, in a month, actually. So yeah, cool. let's have a little emotion party. Let's That's cry together. Yeah, let's, let's cry together that. and party together. Yeah. And we'll call know. it the emotional strength party. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, cool. Mm. So let's uh, flip the other side because that's mm -hmm. that's been hugely helpful for me. I'm gonna have a vulnerability hangover when I finish this live. But um, for women, what's the equivalent? Like for men, it's that kind of fear of, or for me, fear of being weak or having people back away or. Like Hold on, before we do that, because I, 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 I tuned out for one sec, I'd love to invite you to do something. Like, do you want to get vulnerable sure, yeah, yeah. for a sec? Oh, not really, but okay. Okay, so you're going to finish the sentence, okay? Okay. Should I close my eyes? Yeah. Okay. The one thing I don't want you to know about me is? Uh, something about being scared. Mm. I'm scared. You're scared. I see you, and I acknowledge that feeling of being scared. Thank you for sharing that. I've got some crazy magical powers making mm -hmm. me feel good. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, I'm listening again. <laughs> um, for women, what's the equivalent for women? So, for feeling their feelings or for 
Yeah. So, or, or just just anything like what you notice in your work. I assume you work with men and women. I do. Yeah. yeah so I, I do. So masculine journey of like coming to emotion. And, yeah, with men, I feel like it's giving themselves permission to feel their feelings. And then with women, there's a lot of different things. Same with feeling their feelings and also, you know, accepting the masculine side of themselves, accepting some of the more fiery emotions, accepting that that there is anger and maybe there is sadness or there is something like powerful that wants to be expressed. And, and just again, to like come into wholeness about allowing yourself to feel your feelings and allowing yourself to be all that you are you know, without the titles, like there's so much socialization and pressure around what it is to be a woman. Like, oh, if you're, if you're beautiful, you're this, if you're too powerful, you're masculine. If you speak your voice, you're annoying. If you assert yourself, you're bossy. If you wear a skirt, you're slutty. If you're this, it's like, just let it all go. There are a million people that are going to say a million different things. And the hate is so real. And trust me, I get hate mail all the time. It's actually amazing how many people hate on me for a lot of things I say. And I just laugh. I think like, wow, I'm definitely triggering something within them. And that's not mine. So really owning my sovereignty and owning my body and owning my voice. regardless. It's so great to have that, that strength. Thank you. Yeah. And Did it take something to get there? It did. It took me being beat up emotionally a million times over and beating myself up and, and just like feeling the pressure of the box. And yet just naturally my energy is too big for it and really giving myself permission. Like I give myself full permission to be all that I am and to shine regardless of what anyone else has to say about it. And that was like my strong, very masculine declaration to the universe that I accept and love myself fully. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the most powerful things that we can do as, especially as women. Mm. So it's this whole thing of like allowing, because they're, they're going to uh, trigger people. Like you, maybe you'll be too much for some people. Mm-hmm. And if I'm hearing you correctly, you kind of took a lot of that on to start <laughs> with. Like, well, who should I be? What should I be? Maybe I'll be less yeah. there. Oh, now I'm not enough for some people. Yeah. And so then it gets to a point where you just get to own who you are and just stay in that strength and let other people hold their emotional stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like I was a recovering people pleaser. I tried so hard to make everybody happy and to just be what everyone wanted, especially my grandfather and my grandmother who I love and respect. And, you know, just all of these pressures to just do and be somebody that didn't really feel right for me. And I I had to take a lot of strength and courage to let all of that go and to let go of all of the molds and all the pressures and all the socialization and just be like, Hey, I'm just who I am. And that gets to be okay. And I'm going to do exactly what I want. And I'm going to say exactly what I want. And I'm going to be in my truth. And that's how I'm going to show up in the world. And whoever likes it, great. I'm going to resonate with some people. And if you don't like it, that's great too. Because I'm not here to please everybody, but I'm here to be me and to be authentic as myself. And that's really what matters. Yeah. And it feels good. Like It feels really powerful. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I'm going to challenge you a little bit here. Okay. so Because I, I think there's a, a place where you can lean into that and just kind of stop connection it's like oh that person doesn't agree with me good Mm -hmm. vibes only yep stay out of my space and it's like totally okay that's not real so how do you how do you balance that where it's like you own yourself and your fault but you can still Mm -hmm. connect with a lot of different people Mm -hmm. views and opinions i love that you said that yeah because there's definitely the polarity right of like caring way too much and then not caring at all and just like swing and i feel like being really balanced by being in my truth and being open to being challenged like I am totally open. If somebody says like, Hey Sam, you're totally out of line there. I feel like you're totally out of line. 
to reflect on that, to take it in, to digest it and to ask myself, okay, is that true for me? And that's where discernment comes in because it's so easy to just bypass everything. Like, oh, this is my truth. And, you know, I am who I am. And, and to not take any feedback, I think it's important to take feedback and yet to know what to take and to assimilate and what to let go of. So I love that you said that. That's such a, it's such an important point. Yeah. And I imagine like the stuff that does trigger you, there's some, there's an opportunity there, right? Like to see what's the trigger, mm-hmm. what's coming up. How can you have the observation around that and process what's happening there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the thing. The, tr- the things that trigger you the most often trigger you the most because there's something to look at. <laughs> An annoying truth. <laughs> yes. So is there anything else you want to share with us? Yeah. Something that I feel like is the most important thing that I can say is that as humans, we are truly way more powerful than we have been made to believe. We are infinitely more powerful than we have been taught, that we have been socialized to believe, that we have been given permission to be. The universe is a very interesting thing. We see it in this one way. And yet when we start to play with alchemy and manifestation and visualization and magic, all of these things that are kind of woo-woo and, and make-believe, and yet we see how that how it's real, right? We see how we can shift our reality, how we can rewrite and re-architect our lives. We see how we can be very successful in miraculous ways without having to do that much when we just play with the energetics and the vibration and the frequency. It's, it's really amazing. And science is finally starting to catch up. And so my message is whatever it is that you desire for your life, if it's in integrity, whether it's perfect health or an amazing relationship or a fulfilling career or abundant wealth, you can have it. You can create it. It is already yours if you believe it. And so playing with that, playing with visualization and with affirmations and by showing up and declarations and doing the work and being, like being in the vibration of what you want, you truly can have an amazing life and have everything that you desire. And so don't let people tell you that you can't. Don't let people tell you that you're crazy. Don't let people squash your dreams or stick you into the mold because you don't fit into that. And so truly claim your health, claim your happiness and claim your freedom because you deserve it. Powerful. Thank you. Yeah. And feel your feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Feel those damn things. Yeah. Sam, if people want to follow you or if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. The best way to do that. I love connecting with people on Facebook. I I think I've hit my 5,000 mark. So my business page is a great way. Samantha Lotus uh, dash real life, but better on Instagram, Samantha Lotus, all over social media. And I actually have a three days to rewriting your reality. It's a, it's a free program that I'm, that I'm offering starting June 3rd. It's just giving people some of these tangible tips and tools so that they can start to rewrite the reality. And anyone watching this, I would love for you to join. And I would love for you to start playing with the principles of alchemy and re-engineering your life. And so if that's something that's interesting to you, uh, reach out to me on Facebook, connect with me, and send me a little message. I'd love to hear from you and connect with you and see what kind of reality we can rewrite together. Beautiful. I'm going to join that. Yay. Amazing. The last question uh, we ask everybody is, and I left a bit more time for this because I wanted to get your uh, opinion on this as well as, you know, a little bit of a vulnerable share. But what, what's your dark side? Mm. What's mm-hmm. the dark side of you? And, mm. Yeah, I invite you to get a little bit vulnerable <laughs> seeing that's the space that we're in today. Yeah. And, and the follow-up question is, how do you embrace it? 
how mm. ways, if you have, how have you found ways to embrace the darker parts of you? Mm. Okay. So my dark side is that one of my deep, deepest wounds is abandonment. You know, my, my dad wasn't really in my life and my stepdad was kind of abusive and not really there. And, and, uh, this wound of abandonment shows up in my relationships to men. And, you know, if I call in an amazing, amazing man, there's something that's like, oh, well, if he's super in love with me, oh, there's something that must be wrong with him and I'll, I'll push him away. And I'll tend to attract men that are similar to my father that couldn't really love me fully in the way that I wanted to. And so there was this pattern of abandonment that comes up and, and still triggers some anxiety inside of me of this, I'm not lovable, right? This old script that, that is still like this little shred inside. And so I do notice that that anxiety can come up in, in my attachment to relationships and to men at times. And definitely with my, with my partner, I can feel that anxiety come up at times. And so side of it, part of me, what's the ugly part of that? Like what's the the ugly part of that is, is in the way that, that I can handle it sometimes of, of really strong rejection or blame, like blaming them for not being able to love me, like blaming these kind of men or my father and, and not seeing that, wow, that was the perfect trigger to get me to love myself more, to get me to end my co- old codependency patterns, to get me to choose myself, to get me to realize that I don't need anyone to be whole. And the way that I integrate that is just having, again, like deep compassion, recognizing, wow, sometimes, yeah, I can be super anxious or I can have codependency patterns or I have this uh, abandonment issue that comes up. And instead of hating it or rejecting that or shaming myself, just being like, wow, yeah, I went through a lot as a kid and I have deep compassion for that. And this is the perfect lesson that's teaching me how to be even more whole in myself. And is there a way like do you embrace that part of yourself? So there's, there's a way to yeah. kind of love it and be compassionate, but is there a way that you kind of embrace it and channel it? Mm. Yeah, I feel like it helps a lot in my coaching. I work with a lot of people that have abandonment issues. I feel like a, right. many people have abandonment issues, whether they've been abandoned or they've abandoned a part of their self. And so it allows me to have empathy, deep empathy and understanding and to really guide people out of those old patterns and into more healthy, more effective habits and patterns in the way that they relate to themselves. And so I wouldn't be able to do this work had I not gone through everything that I, I've gone through. And I, I truly feel that my soul actually chose every single occurrence that I went through so that I could be an embodied leader rather than just an inspiring and an empowering leader, but somebody that actually teaches from experience. And for that, I'm so grateful. Wow. Great place to finish, Sam. Thank you. You are an inspiring leader and you are an embodied leader. This is amazing. You've just, uh, yeah, this is really what I needed today. So thank you for being mm. with me where I'm at mm. as well as uh, inspiring those people that are watching. You can yeah, tell my community's you. got a lot out of this. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you so much. And I have a little invitation for you and your community as well. After this video or tonight, whenever it is, just take a moment, take, take two minutes to go and to stand in the mirror. And if you want to be really vulnerable, do it naked. Stand in the mirror and look yourself directly in the eyes. And all you have to say is, hey, I love and accept you fully. I love and accept myself fully. And just to be there with yourself for, for just a moment, to be in full love and acceptance of all that you are and to feel what happens when you do that. Powerful. Are you going to do it? Absolutely. I'm Good. excited. I'm going to do all of the stuff that you, you shared. 
Amazing. Feel the power of it. Sam, thank you. Um, I hope mm. we can do this again. I hope you'll come back because this was so much fun. You're so inspiring. Thank you. Yeah, you're so inspiring as well. And I just love and appreciate you. I totally see you and I really respect the work that you're doing. It's been such a pleasure and I look forward to hanging out when I'm in New York. Awesome. Yeah, come and have a, what are we having? An emotion party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can have an emotion party. Let's do it. That's awesome. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> Guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Holly, Thomas, thank you for contributing. Joe, Jason, Naomi, really great to have you guys on here. That was The Nathan Seward Show, inspiring you to live an extraordinary life. 